Welcome to the Catholic Teachers Lounge, the only podcast by Catholic school teachers for Catholic school teachers. Thanks to Loyola Press for sponsoring us and for you, the teachers, for doing what you do every day. We are so grateful to collaborate with you. Today's idea comes from a fifth grade teacher at St. Mary's Catholic School in Griffith, Indiana. Her name is Jill Embry. She's been teaching for 25 years. And this idea is about teaching the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe, which she's taught to fourth grade and fifth grade. And in this particular lesson, it's uh, she's figuring out how to teach comparison skills and how to use a T-chart. But really what she's talking about here uh, is how she incorporates the faith into the lesson. So she says, it, it seems that each time I teach the novel, there are certain mirror images that are very obvious or that I expect to have students find. But then each year, there are some that the students discover that I never saw. So it opens my eyes a little bit more to teaching or to a message in the Bible that I had not considered or missed up to that point. And it makes me realize that no matter how many times I read this book, I will always have one more message. I'm not the only one that is teaching. I'm actually being taught. I'm being shown. So she makes it into a scavenger hunt for the students where they have to use their biblical knowledge to try to analyze the text, which is a great way to go about teaching this novel, I think. Uh, she says, I know that the lesson has gotten stronger since, since I have included the background story of C.S. Lewis himself, how he lost his faith and then returned stronger eventually. Uh, it is important that the students see that his use of faith was intentional and meaningful, and that often surprises students. They realize that they would not have noticed how he weaved religion into the text if it had not been pointed out to them. So again, this is a, this is a classic text is often used with, um, you know, probably middle grades, middle school students. And, you know, there's always a fresh way to come. There's always a fresh way to come at any novel. Jill, mm -hmm. one time I was teaching, um, this makes me think of, I, you know, I used to teach, uh, to kill a mockingbird. And I taught it to seventh graders, eighth graders, freshmen. And then one year I was teaching seniors and I realized that there was this group of, and it was like an honors senior class and none of them had ever read for some reason they had never read to kill a mockingbird. So I think they were in the honors track and they just like had a different, you know, set mm -hmm. of books to read freshman right? year. And mm -hmm. the freshman teacher assumed that they read it in junior high and they had never read it. So I read it with a group of seniors and what a profound experience. So every, honestly, every text, I think you can come at from a different way. And absolutely, the teacher can always learn more. It's not, you know, it's not all about what the teacher is teaching ever. Right. Right. And have you, so have you now as an adult gone back and read the line, the witch in the wardrobe or seen the movie? Cause, cause now as a mom, like reading it now with my kids, you see, like you see all the faith come out, you can see it and you don't want to say every little thing to every little reader with you, but, but it mm -hmm. is a profound read. And so it's, that echoes what you're saying about To Kill a Mockingbird. When you come back at it as an adult, it's much different. And, and how great, like, this is why we need to pull, continue to pull um, literature and nonfiction from Catholic writers because then we're able, they, then they, our students don't have to be surprised when we say this was an intentional reflection on faith. I mean, this is, this is a great reason to keep folding in more literature from Catholic voices because um, 
those points are so clear. And I love, I love the idea, at least in my own house. So now I have my mom hat on, but um, like whenever we see the lion at the zoo, we call him Aslan, even though that's not the <laughs> zoo lion's name, but because like this imagery of, of Christ and of resurrection and, um, the evolution of man, like all these things are real. So, um, so I love this and I love, I'm, I mean, I can't wait to hear all the other ideas that could be out there of, of other literature that people have returned to or are trying, um, because there are plenty of options and there's lots of resources actually out there on the line, which in the wardrobe from a Catholic classroom point of view. So that's, that's not a difficult search to do. Um, but I love that this is, um, an intentional read, um, for this teacher and for this classroom. So great conversations I'm sure are happening in there. Okay. So what, what is popping into my head is, so when I was a kid again, you know, I was born in the seventies. So in, I feel like in the, you know, mid to late seventies, there are some weird cartoons on TV. Um, and the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe cartoon is something that I would see frequently oh. on TV. Have you never seen that? See, you're younger no. than I am. No. Okay. There was also a Hobbit cartoon. Did you ever see the Hobbit cartoon? No. Oh, oh man. <laughs> Animated goblins, they're terrifying. Oh my gosh. Okay. okay. So, so my first exposure to the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe was through this animated you know, version of it from, it had to be the late seventies. I'm gonna have to look it up now. Um, so, and then I read it probably, I'm trying to think like 25 years ago and I have not revisited it, Jill, but I've watched the, the movie versions mm -hmm. of it mm -hmm. and it, it's the movie versions, you know, the, the, the Catholic themes, the Christian themes, they, mm -hmm. they come through much more strongly in, uh, you know, in this version so, or, or maybe I'm just more keen to it now. And uh, that's that may true. Be, right. That's true. And I, oh, I'm sorry, I was going to interrupt you, but I, but the thought here too, is once you start, um, noticing intentionally Catholic worldview, you see it in everything, mm -hmm. um, in theology, the body training, I've had this too, where you can watch like any Disney movie and for, through the lens of like the human as gift, you start seeing, uh, characteristics of characters coming out much more, um, uh, like prominently, but it, again, it's because you're looking for it. And this is what we're teaching kids. We're teaching kids to look for the good and virtue versus vice. Like we're teaching them these things. And so when we put the right literature in their hands or even the wrong literature, right? We have moments where yeah. it's like, oof, that, that wasn't as deep as I thought it was. Right. But when you put the right lens on it, we can do incredible things by being that Catholic worldview and, you know, in those in those reading classes. For sure. With junior high kids and with, with freshmen, I used to do, um, we would analyze characters and it didn't matter. It could be a short science fiction story. It could be, you know, a, a novel. It could be very intentional, like something like the Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe or uh, To Kill a Mockingbird, for example, but you can analyze characters through virtue and through the seven deadly sins. And so what are the mm -hmm. sins and the virtues that characters, you know, uh, I guess have within right. them. And, right. and the, the great thing that comes out of that conversation is that the heroes and the villains represent both sides. There are, mm -hmm. there are vices and virtues in, in everyone. Right. And as soon as characters are complex enough, you get, you get to that, even if it's, and there's highly debatable books. We don't have to get into that whole list, but I had a recent conversation with a high school English teacher who said, um, you know, we were having this great debate on whether you teach the great Gatsby and like, what do you do with that? And, mm. and she said, well, with the right lens, of course you, of course you read the great Gatsby. 
it grabs their attention, but we can't just grab every, you know, secular lesson plan and say, it's going to suffice. Like we have to do the things you're just saying, Colleen, about, about seven deadly sins and the fall of man and all these, all these other things. So, so I'm sure there are plenty of classrooms who use line, which in the wardrobe and never intentionally integrated Catholic faith. And then I'm sure we've had very secular books with questionable characters that again, never talked about morality. So I think with intentionality, we can do all kinds of things in classrooms and it takes a little bit of the pressure off of us because we're bringing in our Catholic worldview and that's, that's where the good comes. The background, uh, when Jill is talking about the other Jill, Jill Embry, not you, Jill, this Jill, uh, when Jill Embry, yeah, I know. Um, when this Jill is talking about how she uses the background of the author. So bringing in the life and the, the faith journey of C.S. Lewis also does add another layer of complexity mm -hmm. to the text. Um, that's not always the case with authors, you know, they're, no. they're, you know, it, it can be, um, it can be intentional on the part of the author and it can be reflective of an author's journey, but that's not always necessarily the case. And it is what we interpret it to be. So we can lay over mm -hmm. that lens that, you know, the mindset, whatever it is that we, the worldview that we want to impart upon a text, but, um, sometimes it's already there for us through the intention of the author. Mm -hmm. And by the time they're in high school, they need to have all kinds of authors and to understand that the worldview is different. So they need to, they need to understand it's not a Catholic worldview when they, when they hold certain texts in their hands. Is that the bell? That's the bell. Okay. That's the bell. It's time to get back to class. There are always more ideas than time to celebrate them. We are glad that you are here with us. We drop episodes three days per week throughout the school year. So send us your ideas, share the love with your fellow teachers. The Catholic Teachers Lounge is your haven to exchange ideas and affirm your efforts. See you next time. See you next time.